Welcome to the Healthy Tips Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your software needs, BulletPad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Ittersom, and welcome to today's show. And today we're talking about relaxation techniques. Hello, everyone. Ah, relaxation techniques. Time to relax. Kick back, get a cold one, or maybe a hot drink, watch some TV, or grab a mystery, or grab a romance novel. Who could ask for more, right? Wrong. (laughs) Wrong? Oh, no. Well, these activities, including the sugared and high-carb drinks that people drink, do very little to actually reduce the damaging effects of stress. Huh. Well, we learned through research that a new term has been coined by physiological and psychological researchers, and they're now calling it the relaxation response. Well, this means learning to develop a state of deep calmness that they say is the polar opposite of the stress response. So what is the stress response? Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, what is it, Bill? (laughs) Well, the stress response, from the researcher's point of view again, is the fight or flight reaction in the body that prepares you to confront or avoid a major danger. So under extreme stress response, your body is flooded with adrenaline and your heart rate speeds up and your external capillaries constrict to help prevent you from bleeding out should you be injured, like being bitten by a saber-toothed tiger. (laughs) Your blood pressure also rises dramatically so your blood can provide extra oxygen and glucose to your muscles and cells. Your rational brain functions are taken offline and your body relies very heavily, if not exclusively, on your subconscious routines. So what worked well last time and got you out of danger, and what worked well the time before that, and the time before that, and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Could this be like those bosses that are always blowing fuses? I think they're like constantly in the stress response mode. Is that those people? I think so. <laughs> I think so. And that's the problem with today's world. The stress response is vitally important to the survival of the human being. In fact, our species would not have survived for the many thousands of years that we have. And stress is also used by the body creatively to stimulate creativity, to enhance learning, to enable successful social interactions, and to provide a boost during physical contests. So in really so many ways, the stress response is so important to the body. When appropriately invoked, the stress response helps us rise to many challenges. Okay, but what if you are in that state way too much? Well, that's where the trouble starts. And when this response is constantly provoked by less momentous day-to-day events, okay, money woes, traffic jams, job worries, relationship problems, or that mean old boss you just talked about a minute ago, Uh (laughs) then the stress response begins to wear your body down because it's constantly activated by these little events. And so that means your adrenaline is constantly flooding your system. It means your capillaries on the external extremities are shutting down, closing up. It means your blood pressure is rising. (laughs) 
And most of the time, we have no ability to get rid of that or to shut that off or to find an easy way to come down. You can't yell back at your boss. No. You'll be out the door with your lunch pail at the end of the day. You know, it occurs to me that probably a lot of people just kind of get in the habit of being in stress all the time and begin to start thinking negatively because they always are confronted with so many things that are keeping them upset. Well, they have to eat it, so to speak. In other words, they have to hold it inside. And so then stress becomes very harmful to their bodies. It becomes overwhelming and it interrupts the healthy state of their equilibrium. And your system, especially your nervous system, needs equilibrium to remain in balance. Right. And to today's busy world, we're all so busy just raising our families, being someplace on time all the time. <laughs> you know, we are regulated by this clock that we live in. And it's very hard on people. I think it is very stressful. And we do need some ways to figure out how to deal with this. Especially because in today's society, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, this idea of overwhelming stress has now become the leading physical problem of a developed Western society. There are so many illnesses that find their root cause at overwhelming stress. And it's probably not just physical illness, too. I imagine it's tension and buildup mentally as well. And this can just kind of make people blow a fuse. Absolutely. And it's just self-additive. So what do we do about it? <laughs> What's the remedy? Well, I think what we've discovered from this research is the good news is that you can learn to activate this, in quotes, relaxation response in your own body. You can do it at home for free, or you can actually join classes and increase your knowledge and awareness of these relaxation activities. And also, there are group sessions of things like yoga and tai chi and qigong, and all of those things are organized relaxation exercises. And it's really cool. The relaxation response, as a coined term, actually puts the brakes on the unhealthy, heightened state of readiness and does bring your body and mind back into a full state of equilibrium. So there's so many choices. And again, remember that the relaxation response is not lying on the couch. It's not lying in a lounge chair by the pool or in your hammock on a summer day. It's not sleeping. And these are all wonderful activities, but they do not lead the body to de-stressing and they do not lead to the relaxation response. Well, some of the things that do fit within this relaxation response, they're varied. I mean, you could have a choice. You could do something that was just as simple as a breathing exercise or all the way to doing exercises that are regimented and you have to learn them and know them and practice them on a regular basis. There are many things in it, many different levels of doing this relaxation. And we're going to cover several tips point by point in just a second. But one thing that the researchers are highly recommending is that you try to make this a daily activity so that over a period of time, your body begins to learn this as a habit and begins to expect it. So most researchers and practitioners in stress response techniques recommend at least 10 to 20 minutes a day. And they suggest that 30 minutes a day is even better if you can carve up that much time. But again, this is time that you're giving to yourself. It's not only time well spent, but it's time that is going to bring wonders in healthier conditions and a better overall psychological outlook for you. 
which then will continue all the way down the road to all those around you, those you work with, those that are in your home. It's an amazing payback for that little bit of time each day. I'm also going to talk a little bit about some of the differences in what each of these exercises addresses so that if you know you are a certain personality type or you have a personal preference for a certain type of activity that seems to calm you down, you have a choice here. You can choose. If you tend to be more physically agitated or if you tend to be mentally stressed and you can kind of gauge what that is, you'll be able to tell which exercise you should do. So we're going to discuss some of those things. And that's such a great and very important point, Kara. Thanks for bringing that up because actually you do need to choose a stress response activity that does fit you. So first, you really need to know kind of what type of person that you are. And once you kind of figure that out, then you can choose activities that fit with you like a glove. So are you an angry, agitated, or keyed up kind of person? Well, your best relaxation techniques may be something that quiets you down, such as learning meditation or deep breathing or even guided imagery. On the other hand, if you tend to become depressed and withdrawn, or some people might say kind of spaced out, you may respond best to a relaxation technique that's stimulating and that energizes your nervous system, such as rhythmic exercises. If you're the kind of person that tends to speed up internally while slowing down externally, so like you're all up on the little nervous side, but people from outside would see you as just being like an iceberg. Your challenge is to identify relaxation techniques that provide both safety and stimulation to help you reboot your whole system. So this would be techniques such as mindfulness walking or power yoga or tai chi in the park. These would work well for you and perhaps even in a class setting. Some of the other things that you might want to consider too is do you need alone time or do you need social stimulation? If you crave solitude, solo relaxation techniques such as meditation or progressive muscle relaxation will give you the space to quiet your mind and kind of recharge your batteries. If you crave social interaction, a relaxation technique class will give you the stimulation and support that you're looking for. So practicing with others may also help you to stay motivated. Absolutely. Now we need to take just a second to thank one of our sponsors. And we'll be back in a sec to talk about our relaxation technique number one, breathing meditation for stress relief. Time to thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And we're back. And Bill was going to tell you about breathing meditation. Relaxation technique number one from the researchers is breathing meditation for stress relief. So you focus on full cleansing breaths. It's a simple yet powerful relaxation technique, and it's easy to learn. Now, this can be practiced just about anywhere, at home, in your car, at your desk, on public transportation as you're going to work, if you're lucky enough to have that. 
after a little practice, it will absolutely guarantee a quick way to balance your stress. Deep breathing also is the cornerstone of many other relaxation techniques. So once you learn this one, you can combine it with relaxing elements such as aromatherapy and music or aromatherapy and a nice hot bath and music. So these could all work together to be additive in your relaxation technique response. So how is it done, Bill? Well, practicing deep breathing meditation, it's very easy, as I just said, and it's free. (laughs) So the key to deep breathing is to breathe from the abdomen, getting as much fresh air as possible into your lungs. So when you take deep breaths from the abdomen, rather than shallow breaths from the upper chest, you actually inhale more oxygen and you're exchanging more oxygen and more carbon dioxide. The more oxygen that you get, the less tense and short of breath and anxious that you actually feel. And you're also, as I said, emptying out more carbon dioxide. You're actually letting the lower part of your lungs work instead of just the upper part of your lungs as in shallow breathing. Kara, why don't you cover some of the techniques for that? All right. Well, the first thing is to make yourself comfortable. Sit comfortably with your back straight and put one hand on your chest and put the other hand on your stomach. You breathe in through your nose and the hand on your stomach should rise as the air enters your lungs. The hand on your chest should move very little. You exhale through your mouth, pushing out as much air as you can while contracting your abdominal muscles. The hand on your stomach should move in as you exhale, but your other hand should move very little. Continue to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Try to inhale enough so that your lower abdomen rises and falls. Count slowly as you exhale. If you find it difficult breathing from your abdomen while sitting up, you can try lying on the floor. And you want to put a small book on your stomach in that case and try to breathe so that the book rises as you inhale and it falls as you exhale. That's a really interesting technique and it's such a powerful technique. And that's why it's actually the very first one that the researchers talk about. Now, the second technique, relaxation technique number two, is progressive muscle relaxation for stress relief. So what does that mean? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Sounds kind of progressive. It is progressive. There you go. So progressive muscle relaxation involves a two-step process in which you systematically tense, that's step one, and relax, step two, different muscle groups in your body. With regular practice, progressive muscle relaxation gives you an intimate familiarity with what the tension as well as complete relaxation actually feels like in different parts of the body. It was really interesting that researchers working with subjects in biofeedback would ask them, is your shoulder tensed up? Is your neck tensed up? And the subject would say, no, no, no. And then when they showed them the scans, the muscle scans on the screen from the biofeedback, they could actually show the subject how tense up their muscles really were. So that's why this is important, because the more you practice it, the more you actually become familiar with what it actually feels like to have a tensed up muscle. 
Most of us are walking around with our muscles so tense because of stress that we often think that that's the natural normal state when in fact relaxation is the natural normal state. This awareness will help you spot and counteract the first signs of muscle tension that really are the markers of stress. As your body begins to fully relax, so will your mind. And you can combine the deep breathing with this muscle relaxation progressive steps, and that will give you an additional level of stress relief. First of all, there are some cautions about this particular exercise. You do want to check with your doctor if you're concerned about your health in any way. If you have muscle spasms or if you have back problems or other serious injuries that could be aggravated by tensing your muscles, you don't want to do this particular exercise because it does involve, as Bill said, tensing the muscles initially and then relaxing them so that you can tell one from the other. You begin loosening your clothes. You get comfortable. Take off your shoes. Take a few minutes to just relax. Breathe in and out in slow, deep breaths. When you've relaxed and you're ready to start, shift your attention to your right foot. Take a moment to just focus on the way it feels. Then slowly tense the muscles in your right foot, squeezing as tightly as you can, and you hold to the count of ten. Then relax your right foot. Focus on the tension flowing away and the way your foot feels as it becomes limp and loose. Stay in this relaxed state for a moment, breathing deeply and slowly. When you're ready, shift your attention to your left foot and follow the same sequence of muscle tension and release. Try not to tense muscles other than those intended. Move slowly up through your body, contracting and relaxing the muscle groups as you go. This will take some practice at first, but it's the simplest method to learn to notice when your muscles really are tensed up versus relaxed. And this is the most popular progressive muscle relaxation sequence that we're going to give you right now. Number one is your right foot. Number two is your left foot. Number three is your right calf. Number four is your left calf. Number five is your right thigh. Number six is your left thigh. Number seven are your hips and buttocks. Number eight is your stomach. Number nine is your chest. Number 10 is your back. Number 11 is your right arm and right hand. Number 12 is your left arm and left hand. Number 13 is your neck and shoulders. And finally, number 14 is the face. And once you've completed that, you can relax in whatever position you're in and just let it flow and maybe even do a series of deep breathing exercises for two or three minutes, and then you're finished. Now note, some people will run this sequence in reverse from face to foot as opposed from foot to face, and some people will like to alternate this sequence between various sessions. A second note If you are left-handed, you may want to begin with your left foot instead of your right foot. Now, relaxation technique number three is body scan meditation for stress relief. And a body scan is similar to this progressive muscle relaxation that we just explained, except instead of tensing and relaxing the muscles, you simply focus on the sensations in each part of your body. 
Yeah, that's really neat. And it does work. How will you do it? Well, you lie on your back, your legs straight out, uncrossed, your arms relaxed at your sides, and you can have your eyes open or closed. First, begin by focusing on your breathing, allowing your stomach to rise as you inhale and fall as you exhale. See, sounds like that breathing technique again. Mm-hmm. Breathe deeply for about two minutes until you start to feel comfortable and relaxed. And try not to go to sleep. Turn your focus to your toes on your right foot. And again, if you're left-handed, go to your left foot. Try to notice any sensations that you feel while continuing to also focus on your breathing. And remember, this is not the tensing and relaxing exercise. This is just noticing, just scanning. This is why they call it the body scan meditation, because you're just kind of observing as if you're standing over yourself, as if you were a physician or a practitioner, and you're just looking at that object, like the toes on your right foot. Imagine each of your deep breaths flowing to your toes. Remain focused on this area for one to two minutes. Next, move your focus to the sole of your right foot. And don't tickle yourself. Tune in to any sensations you feel in that part of your body and imagine each breath flowing down to the sole of your foot. After one or two minutes, move your focus to your right ankle. And repeat. Now move your focus up your right leg to your calf and then to your knee and then to your thigh and then your hip. And then begin the sequence on your left leg. So from the toes on your left foot to the sole of your left foot to your left ankle and your left calf and your left knee and your left thigh and your left hip. From there, you begin moving up your torso. So through your abdomen and back into your lower back, then your upper back and your chest and your shoulders. And again, make sure that you're spending a little time on each one. I'm moving very fast with my words, but it's important to do one to two minutes, let's say on your abdomen, one to two minutes, focusing on your back. And if you have some pain, make sure to acknowledge that pain and put some attention on that part of the body that's causing that. Finally, move your focus to the fingers on your right hand and then move up through your right palm, through your right wrist, your right forearm, your right elbow, your right upper arm, and your right shoulder. Then move to your left hand and do the same. And then move to your neck and into your throat. And finally, move up to the regions of your face, and then move to the back of your head, and then move to the top of your head, and then come down across the front of your face. And don't forget your jaw, and your chin, and your lips, and your tongue, and your nose, and your cheeks, and even your eyes, forehead, and temples. And the very last step is to focus on your scalp. So we looked at the top of the head, but now the actual scalp. So when you finally reach your scalp, let your breath reach out beyond your whole body and imagine yourself hovering above yourself and let your breath encompass all of this. Now, when you complete your full body scan, again, relax for a while in silence and stillness 
and try to feel and try to notice how your body is reacting to it. How does your body feel? Then slowly open your eyes and take a moment to stretch. The next relaxation tip, relaxation technique number four, is mindfulness or stress relief. Mindfulness is the ability to remain aware of how you're feeling right now, your moment-to-moment experience, both internal and external. Thinking about the past, blaming, judging yourself, or worrying about the future can often lead to a lot of stress that's overwhelming. But by staying calm and focused in the present moment, you can bring your nervous system back into balance. So mindfulness can be applied to activities such as walking, exercising, eating, or even meditation. Meditations that cultivate mindfulness have long been used to reduce overwhelming stress. Some of these meditations bring you into the present by focusing your attention on a single repetitive action, such as a really big one that's used is your breathing. Sometimes a few repeated words like a mantra or something like that. Or you can be watching a flickering light from a candle. Other forms of mindfulness meditation encourage you to follow and then release your internal thoughts or your sensations. There are a lot of different ways to do this exercise, but it's really just being aware of what's happening in the present moment and focusing your attention on something that exists there in the present. Well, tell us a little bit about how this is done, Kira. Well, the key points are, first of all, you want to be in a quiet environment. You want a secluded place in your home or maybe your office, a garden, maybe a place of worship, even outside in the great outdoors where you can just relax without distractions or interruptions. You want to get comfortable, but avoid lying down because this could make you fall asleep if you get that relaxed. Sit up with your spine straight, either in a chair or on the floor. And you can also try cross-legged, you know, the lotus position, something like that. You want to have a point of focus, as I mentioned before, and it can be an internal focus or it can be a feeling, something imaginary, an imaginary scene, or it can be an external focus like a meaningful word or a phrase that you repeat throughout your session, or it could be an object such as I mentioned once before, a flame. It could be a flower or a tree, anything that you want to focus your attention on that you find calming. And alternately, you may choose to meditate with your eyes closed, in which case you would probably be using an internal focus. You want to have and maintain an observant and non-critical attitude. You don't want to be worrying about distracting thoughts that go through your mind or about how well you're doing all of this, you just want to stay in the present moment focused on that point that you are interested in putting your attention on. And if thoughts do intrude during this relaxation session, don't try to fight them. Just let them go. Just gently move your thoughts back to your point of focus again. Wow. It sounds like a pure meditation response exercise. And that seems to be so popular today. It's growing and growing all across the Western world, having started in the Eastern philosophy area. Right. And it really, you know, has nothing to do with any religion or anything. It's just a particular exercise that people do find very calming. Now, relaxation technique number five 
is visualization meditation for stress relief. And this is very similar to the one that we just talked about, but the biggest difference is that with visualization, or also called guided imagery, you are actually listening or focusing on some kind of a scene or a progressive set of experiences that are happening in your inner visual imagination. So how does this work? Well, you want to, again, find a very comfortable place and find a place where you feel very safe. And most people end up listening to a guided visualization imagery from a CD or an online MP3 that they've downloaded to their phone or some other fashion. There are so many available online. You just search for guided visualizations, even on YouTube, and you'll find hundreds, if not thousands. Mm -hmm. All different kinds, yes. (laughs) So you are employing not only the visual sense, but you're employing all of your other senses, taste, touch, smell, and sound. When visualization is used as relaxation technique, the scene in which you feel the most at peace is the one that you should use and the one that will release the most tension and anxiety. Now, along with this scenario that's going to be spoken and the scene that the practitioner is going to put you in, you can add your own audio enhancements. So if you have a sound creating machine, You can add the sounds of surf or rain or birds chirping, crickets in the background, night sounds, day sounds. You can also download a lot of these sounds on YouTube and combine them in a single file that will play them simultaneously. So you could have the sound of ocean waves if you happen to choose a beach setting or a beach guided visualization and this will enhance what the speaker is doing for you. Soft music can do the same thing. Once again, I think when you're doing this, you have to just not worry about how it's happening for you. Just go with it and place your attention on what's happening at the moment. I think these are much easier initially for people who are not used to doing visualizations. It's sometimes easy to just get comfortable and listen to something calming. It's almost like a music therapy kind of thing. Mm. And just follow the instructions of the speaker because they will guide you through the realms that they want you to experience. You do want to try to incorporate at least three different senses. So when they're talking about something, try not only to see it, but try to smell it, try to hear it. Try to even taste if you can. Here's an example. So imagine that you're walking on a dock along a quiet lake. So the practitioner will have you walk slowly down the dock and they'll have you notice the colors and textures. Then you'll spend some time exploring each of your senses. See if you can smell what it's like at the lake. See if you can smell the pine trees alongside the lake. See if you can smell some of the aquatic fish smells or whatever along the shoreline. Feel the sun on your face and on your back and on the top of your head. You can hear the birds singing in the trees. Then she may have you sit down on the edge of the dock and you put your feet 
in the cool water, you feel what that's like on your bare feet and you kick your feet back and forth and you listen and hear the splashing. And so you began to smell and even taste the fresh, clean air. And all of these activities are so relaxing and that is the practitioner's goal is to get you very relaxed by going into this very relaxed scene. If you enjoy the feeling of deep relaxation that envelops you as you slowly explore this restful place, then you can go back again and again and experience it over and over again. When you're finally ready, when it's all over, gently open your eyes and come back to the present room. Sounds beautiful, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Those are the kind of exercises that I find very easy to do. And it's really nice even if you're taking a bath or something. But of course, you always have to be sure you don't fall asleep (laughs) when you're doing it. Actually, don't worry, though, if you do sometimes zone out or lose track of where you are during a guided imagery session. It's normal. And you may also experience feelings of stiffness or heaviness in your limbs. You might have minor involuntary muscle movements or even cough or yawn or something like that. These are all very normal responses to relaxing. Now we need to take a break to thank our second sponsor. And when we come back, we'll talk about relaxation technique number six, yoga and Tai Chi for stress relief. Also sponsoring our show today is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. And we're back. And as Bill mentioned, now we're going to talk about relaxation technique number six, which involves yoga and Tai Chi for stress relief. Yoga involves a series of both moving and also stationary poses combined with deep breathing. As well as reducing anxiety and stress, yoga can also improve flexibility and strength, balance and stamina. Practiced regularly, it can also strengthen the relaxation response in your daily life. Now, injuries can happen when yoga is practiced incorrectly, so it's really best to learn by attending group classes, maybe hiring a private teacher, or you can also follow video instructions for yoga. Well, Tai Chi is the second half of relaxation technique number six. And if you've ever seen a group of people out in the park that are slowly moving in sync and doing what at first looked like strange poses, (laughs) you probably witnessed Tai Chi. I think it's really beautiful to see people doing it. It definitely can be very beautiful. And it often looks like the poses, like the grasshopper pose that you see with that Karate Kid movie, you know, something along that lines. Tai Chi is a self-paced, non-competitive series of slow, really flowing body movements. These body movements emphasize concentration and therefore relaxation and the conscious circulation of all vital energies throughout the body, from the head right down through the feet. 
Tai Chi actually started in China millennia ago, and it has its roots as a martial arts practice. But today, it's primarily used as a means of calming the mind and conditioning the body and certainly reducing stress. As with meditation, Tai Chi practitioners focus on their breathing and they keep their attention in the present moment. And what we said about learning yoga also applies to Tai Chi. It's really best to learn by attending group classes or hiring a teacher. Or you can also follow the video instructions, but it's really good if you can see it before you try doing it. And it's also something that's really great as a low-impact option for people of all ages. This includes older adults and maybe people recovering from injuries. This is something that all of these people could partake in if they had the proper instructions to do so. Now, once you learn the steps, you can practice alone or you can practice with others. You can tailor your sessions as you see fit and not feel out of place or out of sync. So it's really a great technique. Some tips for fitting these relaxation techniques into your life, because they're all great. All six that we talked about are wonderful. And of course, there are more besides these six we talked about. But where the rubber meets the road is When do I find time to do them and how am I going to fit these into my already busy schedule that's Mm -hmm. too busy? (laughs) And as with anything else, it does take some commitment, but it's an important thing to do because we are so stressed out today. Well, if possible, schedule a set time to practice every day. Now, what does this do? Well, it conditions your body and conditions your mind to expect the activity. Again, start with 10 minutes if that's all you can spare. But try for 20 and even better, try for 30 minutes a day. Set aside at least one period a day and then see if you can increase that to a second one, say morning and night. You may find that it's easier to stick with your practice if you do it first thing in the morning before other tasks and other responsibilities get in your way. So maybe try to get up a few minutes early and go down to the den or go down to your family room and do some of these activities before the rest of the family wakes up. That might work. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think one of the things that's really evident when you talk to people who finally did get involved in these activities is that they find the benefits are so great from doing them that that just spurs them to keep going on. And it is really something that you commit to in that way. But when you see the benefits, you really do want to keep going. You want to keep doing it. Initially, it may be hard to get started, as with anything. Once you have momentum, it's a lot easier to keep going. Now, another tip for integrating relaxation techniques into your life, and if you can remember, way back when we first started talking about deep breathing, we said that it could be done almost anywhere at your desk, at home, on a bus or a train. So this is the second tip, to practice relaxation techniques while you're doing other things. So meditation can be practiced while you're commuting to work. And this would be either on a bus or train or other types of commuting. If you're waiting for an appointment in a waiting room, you could practice. Certainly deep breathing but you could practice a little bit of scanning or even meditation. You can try deep breathing while you're doing housework or even things like mowing the lawn, you know? Right, and I think it's really a good idea. 
Especially if you're at the dentist office. Yeah, get relaxed before you go back there to be worked on. Now, there's such a practice that's called mindfulness walking, and we didn't really cover it within our six suggested practices, but it can be done while exercising your dog or walking to your car, climbing the stairs at work instead of using the elevator. Once you've learned techniques such as Tai Chi, you can practice them at lunchtime. So instead of going out for a fancy lunch, eat something simple at your desk and then go outside and practice some of these moves. I think that's great. And also, you want to avoid doing these things when you're really sleepy. So do it at a time when you are wanting to be active. You can sort of do it to wind down, but if you're too tired, it's probably not going to work out because you won't have the focus that you need to be in the present moment and really pay attention. And I think that's another reason that the practitioners suggest that these activities are done early in the morning, because you're likely to be as awake as any other time of the day, and certainly more awake than late at night, just as you're getting ready to go to sleep. I think it's also really important to not be judging yourself. You know, give yourself time to learn and expect that you're going to have ups and downs, and you're not going to be perfect at this the first time out. It's something that gets better with time. And it certainly gets better as you gain some successes and then reaffirm your commitment to leaving stress behind and getting a much more relaxed outlook from your head to your toes. Yes. You know, and as we've done a meditation podcast earlier, and one of the things that we learned when we did that is that many people profess to the fact that meditation does become much easier and the benefits really outweigh all of the effort that they've put into it. So it is something that's well worth doing. It does take commitment and it does take a little practice (laughs) to really become great at it. Absolutely. Well, Karen, I hope that you learned some new and interesting things about relaxation from our podcast today. You can begin as early as right now because you can actually practice deep breathing techniques wherever you are, even in the car on your way home. It's really that simple. If you give yourself a month of dedicated relaxation technique practice, you may never quit for the rest of your life. Now, wouldn't that be something? (laughs) Yes, it would. (laughs) Also, you may actually fall off and then find that, oh my gosh, I no wonder I feel this way. I haven't been doing this exercise. That's happened to me in the past. Just keep at it. Keep trying again. Well, Bill, I think that's the end of our podcast for today. Before we leave, we do want to say to the audience that we're not healthcare providers and nothing we say here should be misconstrued as medical advice. It's not meant to treat, diagnose, or prescribe anything. Everything that we share here is our own opinions based on our own personal research and experimentation. So that is our show for today. Bill and I want to thank you for listening to the Healthy Tips Podcast. To subscribe to our show, go to iTunes Podcast and look for Better Living Institute, the Healthy Tips Podcast. There you'll also find all of our podcasts produced by the Better Living Institute, the Book Talk Podcast, the Love Stories Podcast, the Happy Kids Podcast, the Happiness Experience Podcast, and, of course, today's podcast, the Healthy Tips Podcast. At the Better Living Institute, we're creating health, wealth, and happiness, one loving conversation at a time.
You can also find our podcast and view all of the great stories, photos, and links that we post by visiting our website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. While there, please go to our contact page and leave us a comment. Kira and I encourage you to send us some feedback. And also, let us know if you have an interest in a specific health topic. You can also like and message us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com forward slash Better Living Institute. In addition, our email address is feedback at betterlivinginstitute.com. We hope you'll listen again next time and remember to share our show with your friends and family. This is Kieran Bill Van Ittersom for the Better Living Institute saying so long for now, everyone. 